0: Um, people are going to think it's the high low if we continue to speak in an English accent. Have you ever listened to that
1: podcast? No, I haven't actually. I've. Do you know? what? In fairness, in the last uh, few weeks, I've actually <clears throat> started listening to some podcasts because I've just been. Oh out my god! So you're becoming fait okay with the medium because you never listen to podcasts. <clears throat> I didn't put to be honest, like it was just because my commute wasn't suitable for listening to podcasts, and then no. um it was a, it was a power of love commute yeah power power of love, so um I on just your first, really, oh didn't yeah, I just didn't really get the opportunity because I think back to it now, the madness of it all say like. So we were going into town once a week to do the podcast. And then she you were gigging however many nights a week. And then you're doing like, you know, fucking oh, cleaning the gaff and getting shit for ready for school tomorrow. And I honestly think that, um, don't get me wrong, I wish it was all over and all the rest of it. But I honestly think I was fucking exhausted. I think that's why for the first few months I I... Didn't give a shit about lockdown because I was just like, thanks be to Jesus. Honestly. I know. Well,
0: listen, I think it definitely, and again, you know, I'll I'll preface this obviously with the caveat, like so sad, it's like been a terrible time for people, all the rest, but it's definitely given us a bit of a break.
1: Oh, totally. Like, it just... I
0: mean, do you remember the days when we would just be schlepping in? to that studio like to record the podcast i mean now it is sad because i have forgotten what you look like it's always very strange at the zoom parties when i see your face
1: <laughs> it's I really odd i know it is strange but then at the same time we would have spent so much time on the phone together and I, it never felt any different when i was in like we were talking in person so for me, obviously, I'd much prefer to us to, for us to be face to face, but I don't feel like anything is lost. If anything, I'd say we're probably more open in this way, if that makes sense. Does it? I think I probably
0: am. I think I am a bit more open when it's just audio.
1: Yeah, it's for Yeah, I don't know, because sometimes you can kind of uh, you can get distracted by someone else's like uh, movements or, you know, I suppose there's so much communication when you're with the person that isn't uh, speaking. There's so much more
0: going on. Of course. And this is when you hit me with, because whenever we even touch upon this conversation as adults, I feel somebody hits you with that statistic. 80% of communication is nonverbal. You're like, I get it. I do. But it's true. I think because I'm not making eye contact with you, it's just so
1: much easier to spill my guts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I probably would have been sitting there staring into your, vaping while staring into your fucking soul. 90 up to 90 up to 90 with Emma and
0: Julie. Oh, yeah. Now, do you know what it is? It's just when that curl, when I can sense you're starting to smile. That's what throws me off. Uh, yeah. I'm done. I'm gone. But no, I think, I think definitely I'm much more into bearing the soul um, since lockdown started. I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that yeah. we're not, maybe it's because as well you're at home, you're more comfortable. Like I always feel in a studio, the walls have ears and they yeah. do because it's a studio. It's a there podcast. Was, like the walls literally do have ears.
1: Well, there was a lot of time going into the studio in the dead of night trying to open those fucking locks and, and the locks, us, us, us whispering for some reason. Like we've already gone through, how many doors would we have to have gone through? Like five? We've opened yeah. several locks. It's like fucking Indiana Jones, this shit. and We finally get into the studio, but we're still whispering just in case. <laughs> What I really find very funny, Emma, about
0: our Indiana Jones, as you say, ventures into Headstuff Studios in the dead of night. The funniest part of it all, like with the locks, is that no matter how long we spend struggling with the locks, we still get an email the next day from poor, (laughs) (laughs) long-suffering to say that the door had been left wide open and we just need to lock the door because all the podcast equipment is in the studio. Now, Paddy, we do get it. We do get that the equipment is in the studio. We do get that we're supposed to lock the doors. But come 10 o'clock at night, we really... they are very little given. We've been, up
1: since, we've been up since six. You're Let saying me. things like this fucking
0: scooter. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, how am I going to get pregnant? Like, this is my ovulation day, and I was in here recording a bloody podcast. Like... The mood isn't high. Spirits aren't high. And sometimes we do leave that door swinging
1: because we just want to see what's going to (laughs) happen. They're lucky we didn't fucking torch the place. Come on, we'll just do an insurance job. (laughs) We're bound to get a part of the push. That's probably what they wanted us to fucking do. That's why they kept giving us the keys. Because they were like, look, these folks are bound to leave the place wide open. This is the only way we're going to make a bit of cash out of them.
0: It's kind of like I used to leave my sequento unlocked when I lived in North Cork City, because I was just like, please, can someone steal it? I just, oh, I don't never have to deal with it. That's why the head stuff boys, they're kind of leaving, you know, they're leaving the cherry can by the door, box of matches <laughs> and load the keys. And they're like, look, one of these days they're going to say, fuck the keys and just go for the cherry can. But we never did it. We never succumbed to your little trap.
1: Patty no. and Alan. <laughs> if they are your if they are your real names. Well I was gonna say, you know, the way I said I'd I'd been listening to podcasts <laughs> and I listened to one uh recently and I must have been pre menstrual or something, but I actually got a little bit angry with a beloved Irish household name, personality celebrity. Oh it's not like Would you, you to get that?
0: angry, Emma and um, no I'll tell, tell you,
1: me, I'll you, me tell you what, what happened this person to, of yeah. course um now you see maybe this is on me maybe this is a gendered thing as I said maybe I was pre-mental but I got quite annoyed like not overly annoyed but I was a bit just like mm, handy handy for you wasn't it love so anyway I'm listening to um Keith Walsh's new podcast and um he's interviewing Baz Ashwamy because I was like oh I'm gonna give this a listen to people that I like you know I'm like this will probably be entertaining this will probably be fun which it was and uh, they're both very like comfortable chatting to each other whatever but what pissed me off was Baz was talking about kind of after he had left um RT Radio. <clears throat> Do you remember he was doing the stint with Lucy Kennedy for a while after Jerry Ryan passed away, and the two oh, of them. I
0: forgot. That. Yeah. yeah,
1: and the two of them were doing that for a while, and then that I was really like Lucy. Oh yeah, I mean everyone loves Lucy. Great. Right. Yeah, and um so he kind of left uh, RT and it wasn't really under great circumstances. Do you remember that? Yes,
0: yes, yeah. We all remember that. Yeah. So it yeah. Was, yeah wasn't the best uh he, wasn't the best circumstances for yeah. sure.
1: He wasn't going through a, a good time and whatever and was pretty low and feeling like everything had gone to the shits and whatever. Grand, I totally accepted that part. But then what he went on to say was he said that he just had to pick himself up and kind of just get on with it and make something happen. So I'm with him up to this point. And then he said what he did was he rented this tiny little office and he went to this office every day with his laptop and he brought a little heater with him and he's in this office with his big jacket on and he just went into that office every day like he had a job. You know, he, he didn't have a job, but he was like just opening that laptop every day and he was writing and he was making stuff happen and all the rest of it. Grand, but this is a that was the point that I got angry because, say for example, I, you I with, know
0: exactly why. Oh, I'm totally with you, girl. I know exactly you? why you got. Oh,
1: yes. it, it annoyed me because he didn't realise the privilege, the gender privilege of that. So say if I had been in a nice job in Orti, getting paid, uh, you know, compared to the average salary fucking nice nice fucking money and i made a big big fucking boo boo and that went to the shits now that happens everyone everyone makes mistakes but oh, i yeah, can believe believe rats. you me yeah. and it's what me and you okay obviously we don't have a deadly a deadly tv show like how to kill your Mammy, unfortunately but we have been trying to fucking pull up our bootstraps and make it happen while fucking being at home and emptying the dishwasher and cleaning the gaff and sorting I out know. all the fucking shite. And it was like the thing that annoyed me as well, and I'm sure it's just because he's slagging or whatever, and I'm sure it's because of was pre-menstrual. <laughs> but never once did this fucker thank his wife and say, well, do you know what? I wouldn't have been able to do that without her taking care of all the shit at home. Yeah, because somebody
0: has to, like, I mean, that's the problem is that, like, I think the whole making it happen thing, like, generally, if you're the person at home looking after the kids, like, you kind of have to make it happen, you know, in the dead of night, like, that's why you're going into a podcast studio at 9pm, you're saying, hey, Julie, can I record the podcast at nine? Yeah, You're like, oh, But if you're... Okay. Well, I making mean, it, you're it per- if happen. It's it's not at, like, I mean, it is a luxury to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to make this happen between the hours of nine and five. Like, nobody totally. wants to be making it happen in a podcast studio at 10pm with your scooter in one hand and a bunch of jail keys
1: in the other. Like, don't, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like... You know, like, especially if you're in a partnership with somebody and you have kids, like, and like you, you're able and it's like a vice versa, give and take thing. You're able to go out and do the podcast and do the bits that you want to do because the other person then is picking up the slack and then vice versa. You do that for them. So this kind of lone wolf thing of like he has he's like at this stage, he has a wife and he has four children. I know. And he it's, had the luxury of being able to, like, I just had to get out of the house and go to my little <sighs> office every day. I was what like, fucking handy out for you. Now, don't get me wrong, I like him. I think he's very charismatic. I, th- I think he's very funny. It was a nice listen. But I'm just talking about, like, the... It
0: too you. Didn't realise
1: the, you know, <laughs> the luxury that he had. And a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of the interview was kind of like jokey and oh Jesus, like she does be wrecked my head. And of course, you'd be saying that about Fred, I'd be saying that about Jane. But then when things were kind of getting like, you know, into like the deepness of reality, thank your fucking missus for keeping the show going at home. I
0: know. Well, I was going to say, it surprises and me. And I'm sure that he that does in good the goodness
1: privacy goodness. of his own home and whatever. Yeah. And all his, you know, everyone who matters knows how thankfully is to her, but just fucking say it once if you're gonna talk about heading out to an office when like I would love to do that but I could not justify doing something like that if I did not have a tangible income to I know back up renting is- out that office you know yourself like you'd only rent out an office if you were like well I'm going to be deaf I'll get an x amount of money from this so I can you know I can well, get the office was-
0: yeah I mean that in and of itself is, you know, a bit of an indulgence. Let's face it. But I do mm. think it does surprise me that he he. It does surprise me that he he didn't thank the misses. I mean, he is all, you know, I'm sure. As you say, that yeah, maybe I, I, I don't his think he did. His own home. He could have maybe was edited out, who knows? But as you or say, maybe I was just so know, infuriated
1: I didn't hear it
0: that part. You, I think you switched off um, before the last five minutes, so maybe mean. it was the last five minutes, but. I probably just says so much about like we all have these kind of I guess it we can't we I suppose we're all guilty of this that you can't see beyond your own privilege. So we can yeah. say now the last few days now I would be somebody I mean it's it's kind of different I think in your case, but for me I put all this pressure on myself and there's no hope of any of this stuff coming off ever. Like I am so In terms of the comedy Uh, ladder now, I am at the bottom. But I mean, I did have this conversation with Fred last week because I wrote up maybe, I'd say, four or five crime lands, and they do take me a bit of time. And then I had this idea I was like, I'll write something up and I'll send a few emails and I'll put on my desperado cap and ask, is there any chance I can come on and talk about being a new parent? And you're cringing for yourself. But I mean, I have I'm also in a privileged position because if I didn't have a supportive partner who said, look, I'll do the next night feed or I'll, you know, give him a bottle because I do breastfeed Ted throughout the day. So if I'm doing bits and bobs, I'll be doing them at night. Yeah. But if I didn't have a partner to help me with that like I wouldn't be able to do it and it did strike me the other day because I was so deliberate myself I was like I've got loads of crime lands written up I sent off a few desperado emails and um, friend requests still pending didn't get responses to the desperado <laughs> emails as of yet you probably know me from my Instagram where I don't mean to brag but I do have 5.4 thousand followers um but yeah so like I probably need to check my own privilege but it no, does but very quite proud.
1: Because it's no, no. going
0: up. It is a bit Mark Wahlberg. I know it is our reference point when it comes to men and, you know, their I suppose I suppose their um, approach to family time. But it is that buzz of, Oh yeah, then I have family time between five A. M. and six AM and Baz is all about the family. We get that. He's mad about the kids. He seems to be an amazing dad. All the rest. But as you say, especially somebody like yourself who has the three kids and the job and the scooter, and it's just juggle, juggle, juggle. I mean, this is why we've been meeting up in car parks for years to record a podcast at all times yeah. of the night, because we've just been trying to make it work despite our commitments. So, well, I to be facilitated what- in that way yeah. is pretty amazing, and you'd want to be given a shout out to the person who allows you to do that because that's yeah. what it is. It is somebody else in your life allowing you to do that like if I said to Fred I'm gonna go off to my rented office um for the day and here's Ted I I mean my god like I like and I'm not saying like if I really wanted to do that it's regardless of gender you know you'd like to think your partner could facilitate that but I mean wow you'd have to be grateful to that person and you would have to be like giving that person shout outs left right and center and you'd have to acknowledge I couldn't have done it without that person
1: yeah and I suppose maybe in fairness to Baz I'm I'm probably like when I'm saying it to you we're probably like personalizing in a way but in another way if you look at it and and this is not his fault either in fairness but if he was on that podcast as a woman and he was telling that story nobody would be fucking applauding her
0: Oh no way! People will no. be going. What What's the
1: fuck was that cheeky bitch think? up to? But They're they like, sorry, so she got, got, she got, her she's off Where the road. She's lost her job, and now she's going out to pursue her dream at expense, while her husband yeah. is at home with the four children.
0: Well, she definitely. I mean, look, it goes out saying she she's wouldn't going be applauded more.
1: Oh, no, 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 big
0: She's going to be judged more. And certainly it will be a lot harder. It's it's like, it's just always a lot harder for any woman to get a second chance at things. I mean, that's why, I mean, I've discussed with you, like, I mean, I've gotten, you know, I mean, even say the Tommy show, I know I've talked about it before, but like that was such a big opportunity. And I feel I really did not do well at that. Like I just did not do well. It was probably a time in my life when, because I was teaching during the day, I just had a lot going on. I think, I was probably exhausted as well. You know, I feel bad saying that when I didn't have kids at the time. But I was doing a lot of driving. I was teaching during the day. I was doing the the Tommy show in the evenings. Then I was driving around the country doing the tour. I mean, some of the shows with Tommy, I just did so badly. I really did fail at, you know, at that time in my life, I was failing badly. Yeah, But I mean, I've kind of come to the point where and it's re- it's really heartbreaking because I did feel at the time I did give it my best, but it was just maybe, you know, I don't want to put it down to bad timing because that suggests, you know, it was beyond my control. But it just, it it was just a bad time for me. But I mean, I'm not going to get a chance like that again.
1: No, and first of all. You
0: know, I mean, Baz, you know, is, I think he is an exceptionally charming and a, a likeable presenter so I'm not putting myself on a par with Baz but I'm just saying and I'm not making it gendered but I've actually come to accept it like I probably won't get a second chance at that and I think everyone probably does wish for a second chance and hope for a second chance and I wouldn't begrudge him a second chance but I do think as women you just get less chances it well, doesn't matter well, what suppose, the industry is
1: a part, I suppose part of his the the priv- like privilege or, you know, whatever, that I haven't acknowledged there is that he was already at a certain point in his career where he could do that. But I just feel like just acknowledge your missus in a a nice way. And it's just, I suppose, it just pisses you off because you know, and you know me, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like big on trying to put gender on everything at all. In fact, a lot of the time it pisses me off from people make something gendered but it was just to me listening to that it was glaringly obvious that if a woman was telling that story that it would not be and I've heard that story I've heard him tell that story before well, you know, But you know, it wouldn't be was... made it wouldn't be met with the same fair play to you
0: well it would definitely it would 100% be colored in a different way and I can tell you this much if a woman was telling that story and had a few kids at home they would 100% be asked by the interviewer and what about the kids like you know was your partner helping with the kids yes, like you know of course we asked
1: about the kids you, you, of course that you would have been asked how exactly you see like so I suppose my issue isn't with Baz really my issue is with society because he would not be asked, and how did he, he juggle childcare? How did he juggle home home life while he was doing all of this? Yeah, he and would I never meant, be know- asked that. And of course, he was no. you know, he was in a position; he was well on in his career, and you know, people loved him, still love him, will continue to love him. But on another note, like you were not terrible on the Tammy show. You don't just get like one chance to do one thing, and then that's it. That's not how it works.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I think was we all tar- know, you know that's not how it works. It. I was, and well, no, but I'm just saying that I'm. I think the second ch- that I think the whole second chance thing is a sense. Not that it's a sensitive subject for me, but I find it particularly like emotive because. I just often, even during lockdown, and I guess you're trying to throw so much stuff at the wall and hope that it sticks. So you're sending emails and you're coming up with ideas and proposals and everyone's like, sorry, who are you again? But you do come back to that time when you think that could have been something very big for me. And I feel I failed at it. You know, I did try my best and I just did not, it didn't come off for me. But I would never begrudge someone a second chance. Like, absolutely not. But I just think, it, regardless of the industry, and not to be repeating myself here, but I do think it is harder for women to get that second chance. Delighted that Baz got it. Would he have got it if he was a woman? He might have, but I think it would have taken him a longer time and he would have been less likely to get it. Um, and I think certainly, you know, fair fucks to him for... You know, getting up every day and working it and all the rest. But I think it's nothing that the likes of you and I wouldn't do. And many other people, by the way, that we know that would be, you know, throwing everything at the wall and hoping to do it. But sure,
1: if anyone,
0: if I anyone else would do it, if they were in a position to do it. Now, that's not to take from the fact, yeah, it's great that you're working hard. But I know you and I, and like many of our peers, work so hard in the hope that something will come off for us and like certainly in my instance as and yet like it hasn't hopefully that
1: might change yeah but judy the tommy show let's just put that into context for a moment you were doing the tommy show you were covering fred because he was doing dancing with the stars so it was only going to be as long as fred couldn't do it
0: i just think you're incredibly i was the queen
1: of the did you yeah but they didn't. The like it wasn't a live show. I know, but you didn't it was puke. Really did you? Know, did you collapse? Did you puke on somebody in the audience? No, I did, did you start I did speaking in tongues? Standing. Did you start no, speaking I, a different language? Did you? Ha- did I, you have a stroke?
0: Well, I mean, there was a the smell of burnt toast, but I <laughs> don't think it was me having a stroke. It was probably the director who was so minor by me. But I guess you see, I was just totally inexperienced. I mean, I look back now and I can remember. I didn't even know to hold my face like just to give it a beat so that they could edit it I didn't know what camera to look in I was just so green but that wasn't your fault you'd never
1: done anything before
0: what had you done before I know but I I was probably just a bit of a weirdo because my crippling insecurity just manifested itself and I I wasn't even I I I was just very very I think I just kind of very really went in on myself so I wasn't even a I probably wasn't even a pleasant person to be around because I was so nervous and so insecure about the whole thing. And I just felt totally out of my depth. So I do think that anyone in that studio in RTE was just probably like, where is your one? Like, where did they get this person from? It was just, it was, I think you had to be there to just realize how bad it was.
1: To it feel was, the was energy. So bad.
0: But I mean, it was all stemming from me. I mean, the, you know, obviously the team were great. It was just that I was so bad. And then I felt so bad because, you know, I felt that Tommy had like given me this opportunity and I just was totally messing it up every single day. It was just really, really shit time. And like, I know, I mean, it's not like, if it's not like I would have gotten anything in RT anyway. But I do know that on the basis of that experience, I would never be getting anything from them ever again I know it was obviously an individual production company but I'm sure word gets around and that people were well aware of the fact that I was so crap sure people I meet people now and they talk about Fred being on the show and every now and again I say oh you know I was on the show and they're like were you like I feel like everyone has just deleted it from their minds
1: yeah but I'm sure Fred Fred was on at the first series when they were probably like pumping the ads and the promo and stuff so people might be just saying oh I know like I could meet somebody and say I could acknowledge the fact that they're in something and tell them it's great and not that I'm lying to them but I haven't fucking seen I've seen the ad on the telly I mightn't have seen the whole fucking thing or I know the name of somebody's podcast I say, oh, that's brilliant. Like, how are you getting on? I hope it's going well. I mightn't have listened to a single episode. So it might have just been the fact that he was more visible in people's minds. It doesn't necessarily mean that they watched the series that you were on and they're completely blank of ever seeing you on the screen. They probably just didn't watch the thing at all. I still feel so bad about it because
0: sometimes I think... Oh, maybe I should just like ring Tommy and apologize. But then it's like, did you? you, But I'm going to say,
1: did you, you know, you didn't do a screen test for it. Did you ever do any like rehearsals? Oh, yeah. Like you would do a thing of like, you're
0: going to stand here. But you see, you can't rehearse because Tommy doesn't know who the guests are. Like it's all a complete surprise. I think it was, it was maybe that part of it as well that kind of freaked me out because it's all riding on you. Like, It really is top secret. Like Tommy is just locked away and he has no, no clue who the guest is. Like he really, really doesn't. So maybe it was just maybe that high level of secrecy, which is the magic of the show. Maybe it was that combined with like my own insecurities that it just manifested itself in such, like I was just such a disaster. But I mean, I was thinking even recently, maybe I should ring Tommy and apologize for being so bad. But then I feel that's kind of announcing your own anxiety because that was like three years ago. You know, I'm sure Tommy has not given us. Was it it three years ago? A second thought. A second thought. Would it be three years ago? Two years ago. Could be. Maybe two years ago. Okay. So Fred was. So Fred, uh, they're recording it this month. He was on it last year, and I was on it the year previous. Right. Okay. Yeah. So two years. But yeah, so I I I I won't ring him to apologise at this late stage because he'd probably think I was in AA. You know, they always make you do that. Now ring everyone you've ever rung to apologise. You're like, oh, that's going to take a while.
1: <laughs> so I was just going to say something really cruel. That, I just like a you, you a ring while. you ring Tommy and Tommy says, "Were you on the show?" I know. Like, I, does anyone know? I was like, I think Tommy's
0: forgotten this as well. I, I would say he's also I think it, was
1: just, it from his memory. No, but I think, in fairness, you never did a screen test. You didn't get to do rehearsals. I mean, did you even do rehearsals in, like, in your dressing room backstage and get to say I mean, the name out loud before you said it on stage? Like, Nobody you told you that? where to look. You, like...
0: Well, no, they did. Like, look at the lights. Come on, like, let's take a bit of personal responsibility
1: yeah, If you had, if you had been in a studio, a, a television studio before, like, you know what I mean? Well, I think,
0: I think the director in particular just was really pissed off at me because I was just so bad I mean it's I guess as well because you're you know you're mid-30s you're not a child and like you've just appeared out of nowhere and everyone's like what is this about like I think people just didn't get it
1: so then they just they just assumed that you had prior experience or something well I do
0: yeah no the director in particular was like where did you get this one I would think he just had that look written on his face the whole time and then it was like the the direction would come in and be like can you just look at the camera like it was very you know come on now but that's fair enough because you don't have to do a lot I do joke about it now saying I had the toughest job in there which was like just saying the names the three names like Tommy just had to do the interviews and we'd all laugh But I mean, seriously, how do you
1: mess that up? Yeah, but it was obviously a different, it was obviously a difficult environment, whatever went on there.
0: Well, no, I mean, but the team were, I mean, you know, I would still be in touch now with like, you know, some of the production team and stuff. And like, you know, they're all nice people. It yeah. was just that I was really bad at it. I don't know. But my point being we've kinda of digressed
1: now because, you know, you were talking about bars and stuff. I think he's a super, you know, super talented guy. Um, you know, very charismatic, very likable, whatever. But I suppose it just when I was listening to it, I just thought, hmm, I wonder what it's this It's harder st- for women, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I was just if, like if I wonder what this trust. I wonder what this story would sound like if um a mother of four was telling the story I don't know whether she'd be able to tell the same story even if that I think she'd have to tailor her story a little bit you know that kind of way but I just you know for her kids would be the first yeah and
0: then also it's like that film pursuit you know the pursuit of happiness the whole thing is that Will Smith is so amazing because he's juggling and you're like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what every mother does every single day. And I know dads do it as well before the dads get in touch. I know they do. Yeah. But I just think if we're honest here, the women do it a little bit more and a little bit more often. And that was essentially, you know, Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness. I was yeah. like, my God, look at yeah. him. It's like, the, it's like the Kramer versus Kramer thing. You know, you never see it from Meryl Streep's point of view. We just see like Mr. Kramer losing his shit over burning the toast in the morning and he's like trying to, you know, get his he's trying to tie his own tie and this is fucker like and you know the little boy just gives him luck of I know Dad. Like it's I'm so sorry you've been put in this yeah. situation. I mean that film is just about juggling.
1: Yeah and I I'm think sure it's really good. What to use was that, doing. I think it's really good to use that film as a very current reference, but <laughs> Look, I think think you see, we are all... Let me talk about my
0: references. I saying things like, like, you look like Cindy, you're like Cindy Crawford. And people are like, who? Oh, you mean Kara's mom.
1: Okay, thank you. But sure, look, we are all, um, we're all products of the patriarch. And we all feed into it in our own little ways every single day without even realizing it. Men, women and children.
0: But you oh, know the sure, way when course. something
1: just hits you and you just go, oh. But then at the same time, w- what the fuck do you do about it? Absolutely nothing. What can you do about it? Absolutely nothing. It just change. You hope that it changes over generations. And of course, the men of our generation and the fathers of our generation are completely different to the generation before them. You know, the change is there evident to see. Ah, but- uh, yeah. And it's all incremental. Yeah but it's just I suppose when somebody when you listen to somebody t- chatting about someone and you you like the person and oh, respect yeah. I mean, the person you're like thank yeah. your missus thank your missus because she'd fucking hell thank you just saying
0: No it is very true and I say I, I am I, laughing I think like a Kramer lot of the time reference. I think that's why I'm a pop culture I'm a pop cultural guru yeah move over it, for noon Day. what do you know about kramer versus
1: kramer but i think it's funny and i even i even find myself doing it right so like say um say if i have to go out and do something for work like that say is not my nine to five but i go out and do something for work right i'm just using this as an example I get
0: it. you're getting gigs i get it emma i'm very I'm getting, happy
1: for you Oh, yeah, I sense that. So I go out for something (laughs) work related and I come back and just say, I go, oh, did the boys have their lunch? Oh, thanks for giving them their lunch. And then you're kind of like, why the fuck am I thanking my partner who is their father for giving them their lunch? He would not feel the need to thank me for doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, so I'm, oh, I know. I'm feeding yeah. into, and like, you know, like, I don't mind saying, like, Shane fucking cooks the dinner every night and all, like, you know what I mean, whatever. It's not like I'm at home here, like, little housey fucking tied to the sink by any stretch. But I'm just like, I'm feeding into that thing. I'm like, why the fuck am I thanking, you know what I mean? Like, why the fuck well, am it's, I thanking well, him funny for when you shit that saying, I,
0: like, what? I know. Well, when you were saying about us all feeding into the patriarch, my immediate thought went to how I praise Fred when it comes to the housework. That was my immediate thought as well. So mm. I mean, for example, today you know, I had a couple of bits and bobs that I wanted to get done. And I was like, look, would you mind taking them? And I was like, oh, thanks so much for doing X, Y and Z. If you want to see Like more of a behavior. It's easier to praise it when it's done than to just chastise someone for not doing it. So rather than saying, Why didn't you do the bins today? You might say, Oh, thanks so much for doing the bins. And then they will be done again because people do respond better to praise. Like that's just what I always think. If you want to see somebody do something more, just praise them when they do it and they tend to do it more. That's my thinking.
1: Yeah, I suppose. But like, uh, so, you know obviously the other side but of it is well
0: it's not something i'm necessarily doing in a conscious way but exactly I think that but it's probably, probably that thing of it.
1: you're say you come into the kitchen and fred's empty the dishwasher oh th- oh did you empty the dishwasher thanks a meal why the fuck are you have thanking him for emptying the dishwasher is he coming well, in is and because, thanking but, it's you?
0: Because, but you know what it's because we are of that generation whereby like, the dads weren't necessarily doing the dishwasher. Now, yeah. my dad would would have, like, my dad would have done a lot of housework. Say, now, if my mom wasn't home or whatever, dad would, like, you know, take care of the house and all that kind of crack. But, like, with mixed results, because even the last time I saw dad, it was, like, maybe 4 p.m. in the day. And he informed me, this is when I used to put you to bed, when you were in primary school. I was like, it's 4 p.m. in the day. Like, come on. We all had a good laugh. But I guess it's just, you know, we're but so i don't know how much housework dad was actually doing if he was putting me to bed at 4 p.m in the day but we are of that generation where it wasn't a given but whereas yes. now like say Ted, it should like, be a given I'm sure yeah. Went, yeah so like say shane now does the dinners like fred you know would do a few dinners so ted's gonna like okay it's totally normal To do a dinner. It's totally normal for me to empty a dishwasher. Because I know, like with my previous partners as well, they and you know, I would say the vast majority of them, their mothers would not have necessarily instilled in them, you need to be as much of a homemaker as your partner. Yeah. That was not something that like their mothers, I think virtually all of them were like stay-at-home moms, the moms did the dinner, they did the cleaning. They did the housework like and yeah,
1: yeah, everything to do with the house and childcare was their job and yeah, yeah. Oh no, so I like suppose that's heard, kind of I mean, why it is. It's kind of the. Well, that's, I know
0: that's why that's why I the yeah. reason I pay, praise Fred is because I want him to do it more, and it does. But in saying that, I will praise Fred for doing something. And I will get annoyed if somebody says, oh, isn't he great about Fred? You know, if somebody says, oh, he's done the dinner. Isn't he great? Why is he great? So it annoys me when other people would
1: praise Fred. But yes, I do it myself. So we are part of the problem. But this, yeah, I know. This is it. Like, Or, yeah, people asking you, oh, is Shane babysitting the kids? Um, No, he's actually with his children he doesn't babysit like it's just oh well that's a massive pet peeve yeah and i've had people say that to me in comedy being 100 percent serious and i've had people say to me about things um so and so asked about you doing whatever gig or you know whatever but um i told him like that you have the kids and everything so you that probably wouldn't be a runner for you
0: I know they're so considerate like that. I mean, we're so lucky to surround ourselves with all these
1: considerate men. I know. But anyway, Even give, give but Keith's anyway. podcast a, a listen. As I say, I do like I like the podcast. It was a little listen. Maybe I just helped me get out some pre menstrual tension that I needed to get out, out of like, my body. Yeah.
0: But that but I mean I think, you know, I would be on the exact same page with you in terms of how like you with this guttural reaction to this. I think a lot of people would. And just the whole point of the podcast is that we're honest about things and our opinions. As you know, Up to 90 is part of the podcast network that is Headstuff, which has a plethora of fantastic podcasts to choose from. Every week, we're going to promote one podcast that we think you might like to check out. This week, it's Behavioural Vaccine... Hi, I'm Kate.
1: And I'm Porik, and we host the Behavioural Vaccine Podcast.
0: We're behavioural scientists who you met through improv comedy.
1: And so each week, we bring the two things together to explore how behavioural science can be applied, but in a fun way.
0: There's a little bit of research.
1: There's a good bit of messing.
0: And there's loads of practical tips on everything from how to save money to how
1: to maintain your friendships. Think about this like a behavioural vaccine to get you through winter 2020. Go on, sure, give us a listen.
0: I've no real news. Um, a, Fred had a six-week checkup this week, so he did very, he did well, thank God. Sorry, and, Fred uh, or Ted?
1: It sounded like you said Fred? I, Fred? Fred. I think you did oh, say Fred, Fred. had a
0: six-week <laughs> I, keep, I didn't think this thing true at all because I keep yeah. saying things like, come on, Fred, we'll get you changed. <laughs> or it's fast time, Fred. And as for the aren't you gorgeous, and Fred's like, thanks, Janey, thanks a mill. I mean, it just goes on and on. But Ted, Ali's six-week checkup. But hilariously, I'm sure people have been stung for this before, that you go in And next thing, it was a case of get up there now and I'll have a look at your episiotomy. Now, I had completely forgotten that that was going to be checked. So I just cannot remember (laughs) the last time I had showered and you're jumping up there. And I'd say she could just tell from her reaction that I had not seen this coming. And there is something about Ted just looking up at you and you're just looking at Ted saying, Ted, I don't want you to see this. Seen the crime, divert your gaze. Like exactly there's just yellow tape all over this area you're like please just ted no and he just locks eyes at you and you you're you feel so judged but anyways that's all good and totally stung for that so that was my event of the week and then we found out we had half planned to get married the first week of december but we got a text and a call from the hotel to say that they're not going to be open so that is a sign from the universe we're not getting married i'm keeping it casual with Fred. Um, I just don't want to commit too soon, and we're just going to keep it free and easy for another while. Because I do think that is a sign. Just stay single for another while. Okay.
1: Yeah. we're well, sure. Like, what's the rush?
0: We'll see what's going to. Yes, this is it. Um. So that has been delayed, but sure, that's grand. I mean, we were only really saying, oh, we might just you know, do the whole legal side of things. But yeah. then it turned out our parents mightn't have even been able to come. So we were like, no, it's all getting okay. complicated now. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know what you mean.
0: I was actually I was having I was having a think earlier on regarding the Halloweens of my youth and like favourite costumes. And I think my favourite was when I insisted as dressing from as Vivian from Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. So I had like a blue, but instead of like a blue mini skirt, my mom made me wear like a blue maxi skirt, which I'm not quite sure was that Vivian's vibe. But so I had like a white kind of spaghetti top crop top thing and a blue maxi skirt. And then I was just going around telling everyone like across Dingle, all the houses, you know, like the usual chit-chat, what are you dressed as? And I was telling everyone I was Vivian from Pretty Woman. And it was just met with such confusion, but also because I had a flashback to the line that I kept repeating, which was the one line I knew from the film off my heart. So that line where she says, I haven't done drugs since I was 14, okay? <laughs> you know, when he comes into the bathroom and he's like, okay, I don't want any drugs in my house. Okay, take your stuff and you go. And then it's like, she's like, what? I had strawberry seeds in my teeth. I'm flossing. You should look after your gums. Like that bit. Oh, God. And was like, what the hell is wrong with this girl? So that was the line I kept repeating. I haven't done it, drugs since I was 14. And, and going around my you? blue maxi
1: skirt. What age you were you dressed up? Well,
0: in? I mean, I suppose when was Pretty Woman? Like 89? Maybe 7?
1: Jesus Christ. 1990? Did you Did you Well, see, it's just, you know. I don't know what was going on What people were dressing us up back in the day. Did you see my picture of my Halloween costume? Uh, did I see it somewhere? Were you dressed in like khaki, in kind of an army outfit? Was it green, Judy? I've caught you out yet again. You see my stuff and you scroll past it. Well, <laughs> was it on? T- was it on Twitter? Because I start to swish when I
0: go on Twitter. I'm going to go on to your Twitter. <laughs> uh, hang on, I'm going to see. I think.
1: What see you looking like I'm going to see you know, Emma this- Doran. The story was that um, my mum dressed me up as a soldier. I yes, didn't... this I did look at this. Can anyone tell me what my mother dressed me up as? So sorry, let me get this straight. So you you did look at this and you decided not to engage with it at all.
0: I pro I I, I you mean, have you know been I of Twitter. You Is have Twitter been
1: yet again, Judy. Yet again. I'm looking
0: to see who engaged. Well, no, I probably, to be fair, well, I was on had Ted it was on, a on at
1: the time. It was on my Instagram and it was on my Facebook page. And you're at this crack before Ted was on well, your tit. Now, come on. Oh, you well, can't now, I do haven't it. been
0: on Facebook in about seven years, I would say at this point. But listen, I I'm quite kind of scared you. to engage online at the moment because anything I say seems to be the wrong thing, and then before I know it, I'm trending.
1: No, on I'm Twitter. I'm slagging you. But the most questionable thing about my outfit was that my mum like blacked me up
0: yeah i mean it is there is a bit of a blackface vibe, but i i do think like my brother did go on as mr t back in the day so like i think i just think a lot of people were totally oblivious to just how offensive blackface oh, was yeah, in the i 80s. know
1: well a girl actually you messaged me hang on let me just find her message it was so <laughs> funny she was talking about well, uh, costumes back in the day and she said oh yeah she messaged me and she said, my mum dressed me up as Miles Davis for Halloween when I was six. She found a toy trumpet for a 50p in a car boot sale and thought it was a good idea. Yeah, there was always something that people
0: found and they were like, yeah, that's the inspiration for this costume. But who dresses up a
1: six-year-old did you see- as Miles Davis?
0: As Miles Davis, I, I know. But, you know, I actually love those kind of mad ones. Like, did you see... The Mary Lou MacDonald was fantastic.
1: Oh, no. The girl who was
0: dressed up as Mary Lou MacDonald this year.
1: Oh, a little girl, was it?
0: Yeah, it was funny. So she had like the brown hair, the bob, and then she had like, you know, a red blazer and the statement necklace and like the black tunic. So it was very, very, I have to say. And I think she even, I mean, she must have had this mold put on. Otherwise she is like essentially mary lou's mini me but she even had like the little the little beauty mark the little mole um but she should, dare she could i probably say get the mole oh yeah oh yeah i mean look if melania trump gets a body double surely mary lou qualifies for a body double at this stage but i mean i like my big fear like anyone who knows me from my going out days turn like i would say a, the early years of this century so like kind of you know turn of the millennium time. Emma like I was going so I was like mahogany I was going so overboard with the fake tan like my biggest fear is that those photos are going to be unearthed and people will think I was actually trying to do blackface like it was so bad the tan like it was mahogany like yeah. you think I'm joking but it was dark it was so
1: so bad I think you've what you I don't think there was many of me with... The face wasn't an issue because it just stopped at the neck. (laughs) Yes, I mean, yeah. The face never. That's when
0: your mom was like,
1: that's enough. I think so, yeah.
0: As an adult, I was never really into the dress-up as Halloween because I was always looking to sex it up. Like, the only time I dressed up was that time, I think I said it on the extra episode, that um, there used to be this thing called Helen Hannies, which was essentially like you would go there just to get the shift and like every male just turned up in a white shirt and a black tie and said they were a reservoir dog like it was such bullshit <laughs> meanwhile I'd be fake, but meanwhile I'd be fake tanning for weeks so I would rock up in I remember one year I went as Daisy Duke was a Daisy Duke Jessica Simpson's character yeah 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 do you remember she did the Duke some Hazard yeah so I dressed up as Daisy Duke and I like it was just an excuse for me to set it up like I'm not yeah. gonna lie but um, I'll actually give a shout out um, to pete fannery who now owns the fish box which is like our favorite takeaway in town had a lovely fish box last night thank you so much um and he did ask me was like did i come as a prostitute and he wasn't actually joking it was just the nature of the outfit because i just did everything out i was like listen i'm getting the shift Come hell or high water. So I just did everything hanging out. And he was like, have you come as a prostitute? And I was like, no, as Daisy Duke. And he had no idea what I was talking about. But I would say, first of all, there's nothing fishy about my box. Woohoo, thank you. I'm here all weekend. And also, it's a lovely takeaway, is the fish box.
1: Is it, God, you know, like, I've I've had my dinner, but I would love a fish and chips now.
0: Oh, so well, I got this mung fish wrap, so it's like mm. mung fish in a wrap, and then like what I like to do is I like to order the salad instead of the chips and then have half of Fred's chips. Yeah, That's oh, oh, how it doesn't I count roll, like, then, yeah, obviously. Oh, it's like it goes out saying, um, but it was lovely. And you know, then like a monster at 11 pm last night, I rang Fred, he was in the kitchen, and I asked him for a scone. So then he brought up a scone oh, to nice. me yeah but sure then of course I did the usual oh my god aren't you so good you're so good and then he went down to the kitchen and I rang him again to ask for another layer of butter on the scone he'd already buttered the scone but I just felt it needed more butter and then he brought it up and I was like I just said to Ted there has to be a middle ground here with your dad and the scones because there were just bite there were teeth marks in the butter when I bit into it then the second time (sighs) round. but it was still a lovely snack but like you know it's a slippery slope when you're having fish and chips for dinner and a double layered uh, in terms of butter double layered scone and 11pm as a snack it is a slippery slippery slope. God, I I could be I could be using that time to work for my second chance but I'm not <laughs> second I'm in chance. bed
1: is that going to be the name scone. is that going to be the name of the autobiography second chance Chapter, at chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, The Tommy Tiernan Show. Chapters 5 through 9, The Instagram. Blog. Instagram.
0: Oh, you know it. Well, like, basically, look, the whole, in, the whole chapter on Instagram is just going to be me uh, pleading my case, asking people to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I have no idea why it is not growing. Like, I'm worried. Have I just been... Am I, like, a bot? What's going on? Am I a bot? Is that why... I'm not coming up on people's feeds. It's, it could not think possibly I be I that know. people don't like me. I think it could it's not because you're getting. Be I, think you're getting like me. I think you're getting.
1: I think you're getting shadow banned by the algorithm from when you bought the followers. Oh God! But your dad was like drunk
0: internet shopping three years ago, Emma. And you know what? The algorithm that time? Is that
1: forgets. Algorithm doesn't care that you were drunk. Because I Drag tell you, do you know love. what? Do you know what? Life. Life.
0: And then with poor old Blue Ivy, um, surfboard, surfboard. And then Beyonce's like, running on that surfboard, running on that And you're like, I'm pretty sure the surfboard is a metaphor for, okay, don't think about it. Blue Ivy's just like, running
1: on that surfboard, surfboard. Oh, well, I, would, just, I wouldn't be slagging her now. Too much it. Give it a couple of years, I'm sure you, Fred and Ted will be releasing a single.
0: Oh, you know, come on,
1: Ted's our chance. pension plan.
0: <laughs> but uh, he is our pension plan, 100%. No, because actually I think what happened was is that, you know, I ended up blocking because then I got this filter to get rid of all my drunk internet shopping bots And it took me, I mean, it took me months to get rid of all these like bloody like accounts because you just, I think you can do maybe 25 at the time. It's probably different now, but this was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But then I ended up blocking like totally normal people. Like, like just, I've no idea how this filter worked, but like I ended up, I just had so many awkward conversations with people where I then would have to explain to them why I had blocked them and explain about my drunk internet shopping and how I tried to buy followers. But
1: hilariously, do you know who I
0: think I blocked? Mm. is Kevin McGahorn.
1: Oh, I think I remember you saying this to me, all right, Jen. You're like, why the fuck would I be blocking
0: (laughs) Kevin? Because Fred was like, oh, isn't it great about Kevin's new painting show and all this content that I just wasn't seeing during the lockdown and then I was like oh wait hang on so I put in Kevin McGarren and like some random Kevin McGarren in Wisconsin came up and I was like no like I'm looking for the Kevin McGarren so Fred then showed me the account and I realized oh my god He uh, so then I had this really awkward exchange with Kevin on Twitter where I explained that I think I know I know. So then I was like, "This is what comes up when I look for you." And then he was like, "Oh, I don't know what you know." The way Kevin's just Mister Nice Guy, so he's like, "I don't know why that would be." But sure, then like I told the story about how I bought followers, and I think that's maybe what happened. And (laughs) nobody, (laughs) Judy. The short answer is nobody gives a shit nobody kevin mcgarren is not losing any any sleep because i still so then i think like i think he has me blocked as well i'm not quite sure but anyway he claims he can't find me on instagram which i'm sure is what everyone's saying and i was like but i can't find you on instagram and so the merry dance continued but we can contact each other on twitter and whatsapp which is all that counts
1: Drunken love
0: <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's why people are trying desperately to find me but they can't. That's what I'd like to believe. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Running on and here more. Anyway, just to say before we wrap it up um, We did announce this the last week, but just a quick reminder to our lovely patron people yes. um, that we've now switched it up. And thank you to all the people who have switched it up and gone for this new tier. So we now have a singular tier. Yes. We do have the option of throwing us $2, but essentially you don't get anything for that. Um, It's just kind of, you know, I guess being sound and throwing us a couple of euro. But for the $5 tier, you get
1: access to our extra WhatsApp group oh yeah uh, we're going to be setting up the up to 90 WhatsApp group long it, it's
0: been it's no, long they, they, overdue people have been asking this long overdue long overdue yeah. people have been asking so get ready for, for the while.
1: audios
0: the audios are happening and they're very very real so uh, WhatsApp group exclusive access to our WhatsApp group you get the extra episode as well our extra monthly episode of this two shall pass I'm still trying to make that title happen it's going to happen any know. day now. And exclusive access to our live Zoom parties. Our live Zoom, our live goes.
1: episodes, whatever. You get to dictate what you want. If you want a party, you, if you yeah. want an episode where you just like you turn off your screen, um, turn off your mic and just watch us do what we do, whatever.
0: It, it does sound a bit seedy when you're like, do you want a party? Um but yeah, so that's the vibe. And look, it great if you can support us. If you can't, you can't, but we do really
1: appreciate it. And love to you always. I've been Jay. I have been Emma Dorn. Thank you to the patrons. God bless. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.